Hello, Solomon, David, and Mikey. This is the Kevin Mutombo. You have a podcast, your show, Sporting DSM. It's Solomon here. David. And Mikey, welcome back to Sporting DSM. Today we have an amazing episode because we are welcoming back two familiar faces. Jake Towell from We The Fans and our Phoenix Suns correspondent, David Jolovitz. Greetings. Greetings. (laughs) Good evening, gentlemen. How are you doing, guys? That's right. Jake Towell and David Jolovitz here with us today. Uh, Jake Towell was here last week. He's back again. He's back for more. Didn't have enough. I'm right. here every week. You guys should just give me a contract already. Yeah, yeah, that's it. J- Jake Towels, the uh, the fifth member of Sporting DSM. This is my this is my third ten day contract. Yeah, <laughs> we, have him on, we had him on an exhibit ten for a bit. We're we're signing you for the rest of the season. You're the yeah. Mike James of Sporting DSM. That's it, exactly. <laughs> Mike, not a bad look. Yeah. So uh, both both you guys always welcome here on Sporting DSM, and uh, it's time to celebrate. Well, for me at least, because Nikola Jokic has finally done it. He's won the MVP award. Uh, and and it, it, it couldn't come at, at a worse time, really, because they're down 2-0. But uh, he's, he won MVP, and, and he's only the third player in NBA history to average 26 points, 10 assists, and 8 rebounds while doing it. And uh, those other players are Oscar Robertson and Russell Westbrook. Uh, now, the, the funniest thing to me was the Joker's reaction to when he's presented with the award they, they're they're with the coach. They're, they're going over some plays and then Adam Silver gets in on, on, on the zoom or whatever it was. And he, and he announces that Jokic won MVP and Jokic gets up and he's just like laughing. And he's like laughing it off. He's like, yeah, whatever, you know, I won MVP. Thanks. And, and this was a team award. It wasn't an individual award. But like it's it's hilarious how he's just laughing it off, and like he, he's just taking it as as, as a joke, you know. Like, this is what makes him the Joker. He and, and like he's making it look so easy. It's like he won MVP and he doesn't even give a crap, you know. Like okay, I won MVP, great, because he was he was never trying to win MVP. He wasn't striving for the goal of MVP. He was never doing that. There are plenty of other players who were doing that in this league. And Jokic took the cake in the end. Uh, I, I don't think there's anyone else who deserved it more than him. He uh, got 91 of 101 first place votes. Uh, I think uh, someone else had five. Was it Chris Paul? Didn't Chris Paul had five? High first place votes, right? Uh, But yeah, nobody even came close to the amount of first place votes that Joker had. I think it was a it was a huge landslide victory for him. Uh, MVP, man, this is you know what we've been waiting for all season. What do you think? Yeah, Uh, go ahead, Jake. Dave, Dave, go ahead, go ahead. I know I was just going to make the the note that this is now the second important moment in his NBA career. Mm-hmm. And ESPN famously cut to a commercial during the time that he was picked. Right. So he was not on the network being announced. So I guess it's only it's only kind of in line with his career trajectory 
that he's got these special occasions happen kind of fall. His, his play is amazing, but I guess the celebrations fall flat. Go ahead, Jake. Uh, you know, it's it's just it's a, it's an attestment to the versatile player that he is. I mean, of course he's the MVP. Uh, the numbers he put up, he's 26 and a half points per game, the 10, the 10 rebounds a game. Okay. You expect that. And then you get into the numbers that are like, and, and look, we've said this, uh, it may have been a month ago, but you know, we're going to say it again because it's 8.3 assists per game, 38.8% from three, you know, his field goal percentage is, is 56%. And the player efficiency is, is a, is an underrated stat. The, the league average player efficiency is 15 his average was his player efficiency was over 30, uh, double the league average. Oh. And you know what? It's it's not something that you see from the center position. It, was, it wasn't something that you saw 30 years ago, and it's still not something you see now. Even with the, the uh, you know, the advancement of the stretch fives and the stretch fours, this is still un, un otherworldly out of Jokic. And you know what? He kind of did have to take a, a, a big step and put the team on his back when Jamal Murray went down with the ACL. And he's shown that, you know what, he's a big, silly, goofy guy. But when he gets on the court, he's all business. Uh, he'll give you funny moments and he'll give you an MVP trophy, um, you know, to take home. But they're in a big hole right now in the playoffs. They're down 2-0. They have some scratching and clawing to do. And I really, I don't think they're in the best kind of spot um, and there's a few reasons, but, you know, it kind of goes down to just that roster isn't built to to score as much outside of Jokic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I think there's plenty of things that they're doing wrong. Uh, uh, first off, Nikola Jokic, yeah, 41st overall pick. Quesarito, Taco Bell commercial <laughs> played right <laughs> over his pick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, uh, th- nobody else did really deserved the MVP award over him, but uh, yeah, right now they're they're in a two-zero hole, and their their defense has been a major problem for them in this series. Uh, Chris Paul and the Suns have been running the pick and roll uh, incredibly well, and they've been able to get any shot they want anywhere they want on the floor, and it's 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 not fun to watch. It's it's horrible for me. I, I can't. I have a hard time watching that that. You know, I'm losing. Last night was their biggest loss all season to the to the Suns. Uh, I I think that they're gonna win Game Three though for a few reasons. First off, last year they made two three one comebacks, so it's definitely possible that they come back from this. Uh, bubble though. Mm-hmm. Bubble. bubble. Yes, bubble. Bubble. Yeah. They, but and they had Murray. With, yeah, I was gonna and say they had Murray. And they had Murray. Mm-hmm. But and, bubble, and, they, you know. and they had Murray's magic. I mean, Murray was on, right? Murray's right. got two personalities. He's okay yeah. sometimes, and then other times he's 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 in God mode, and he was in God oh, mode. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So they had Murray in God mode, uh, and now they don't. And I still think they're going to win Game Three because yeah. and you've already got internal reasons. fighting. So you've got the coach for Game One and for Game Two in two separate ways calling his team out. Right. Right. The yeah. first he said they fell asleep. And then for the second game, it almost sounds like a man who's trying to protect his job. But then for the second game or after the second game, he said that the team quit on him. Right. And he was desperate to scrap together five guys that were willing to play. So that sounds like to me, he's calling out the starters. It's just not doesn't sound very good. So they can either tighten their belts or they're going to fall apart at the wheels. Right. Right. Yeah. Guys, you got to realize the personnel. One, I'm going to make David Jala is very happier. 
guys, the Suns are a legitimate basketball team. All right. It's not like I don't get why in any world they came in as as underdogs against the Lakers. Okay, I get they're the defending champions, but they were very banged up and they were not the same roster that they was last year. The depth and 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 the injuries. And the personnel right now for the Nuggets, it's just it's not there. They're starting Austin Rivers, Aaron Gordon, who looks like he just doesn't want to play ball sometimes. Uh, you know, they're starting what I the I can't even Akundo say the Kambazo. guy's name. Kamba Kambazo. Uh, at, at point guard, I mean, I'm not going to judge him because he has a last name that I don't know, but the personnel that they're running out on the floor is not going to cut it against the Phoenix Suns. It's not going to cut it. It really shouldn't have cut it against the Blazers. The Blazers fell asleep at the wheel. Um, everyone outside of Damian Lillard fell asleep in that wheel in this series, and I really think it's inexcusable that the, that the Blazers lost that series, and I think Damian Lillard should be out one foot out of the door after losing that series for all that he's done, but that's a different discussion. Um, one, the Suns are legit. Two, the Nuggets are—they just don't have the personnel to compete with that. Right. Yeah. I mean, you realize that I think in any of the major four sports, timing is everything. So you have easily, you know, you have the, the example of being hurt at the wrong time for Jamal Murray, for LeBron, for AD. They were just not a hundred percent, and and all the way down to zero percent for Jamal. So timing, if you get injured in the beginning of the year, you can salvage it. If you get injured late, it's just not looking good. And the Suns are, Suns are burning hot. I mean, they're, 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 fans are on fire. They're playing unbelievable basketball. The young guys are stepping up and the glue guys are being exactly what they're supposed to be, which is Cam, you know, Cam is stepping up and you've got Jay Crowder hitting his threes. The Suns last game shot 47% two-point field goals and 47% three-point field goals. You're going to be hard-pressed to, to beat a team that attempts 38 shots from behind the arc and hits 47% of them. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, Salman uh, was also mentioning, I think on, on the story of DSM, he was saying that the Suns have such a good perimeter defense and the Nuggets just keep taking outside shots. They're not attacking the basket. They're not taking those easier shots because if you look, they, they don't really have the best rim protection. You know, DeAndre and is doing a, an okay job on Nikola Jokic, but I mean, the Nuggets have to attack. Get to the basket. Drive in. Stop taking those contested shots. I mean, you saw MPJ last night. Shot after shot after shot. Just brick. He went 0 for 4, 0 for 5 to begin the game. 8. 0 for 8. There you go. Attack the basket. The Nuggets keep making the same mistakes, and they they can't keep doing that if they want to win games. Right. And you know what? It's funny because when when you're saying that, I think of that's the downfall of having a 5 that, you know, can play as a 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. You know, a lot of other times, um, playing a playing a straight up five, it could get boring. You know, standing in the paint, boxing out, it gets extensive. It gets boring. Uh, you know, you have to do the dirty work to get buckets instead of just you know finding yourself open outside and hitting three like like Jokic can. So, it's the reason why he MVP, he won MVP, but without the personnel around of Jamal Murray and and just a ragtag starting lineup, it's also their downfall. Um, and I know Mikey has a lot to say. I know Mikey has, he always has a lot to say. And I mean, know, when, when, when we get into the nets, I can't wait. I can't wait. That's, uh, that's on my list. They're losing right know, now. Know, they're wanna... losing right now. So just hold your horses right now. Okay. Go so, ahead, Mikey. Basically, like I want to add on to what Jake and David were saying. Like, yeah, you're right. This whole series is like insane. I mean, the Lakers at the start when they, you know, when the Suns were playing the Lakers, the Lakers weren't the underdog, but you have to remember they were coming in from a play in tournament win. Mm -hmm. 
And yes, we know the play-in is infamous, notorious, whatever other synonyms I can come up with those words. Um, no one, no one's in favor of it. Not even LeBron James himself. They were coming in in a seventh seed with clearly a weaker team as the defending NBA champions, and this is the first time LeBron got beat in the first round of the playoffs in. 15 playoff series, this was the first time. And it was at the hands of Devin Booker and Chris Paul. And now you're seeing basically with the Suns, like their strong points on offense. Chris Paul is out there shooting lights out. Lights out over a lot of the Nuggets defenders. And their defense at the perimeter is lacking. And you can see it. That's why I remember Solomon, you know, at the beginning of the game last night, he was saying – the Nuggets' weak point is if they continue driving – not their weak point, their strong point, my bad, is if they continue driving to the basket, they will get more points and win the game. And clearly that wasn't done. So that Solomon was staring at the TV, you know, depressed the whole time. And I I felt for that because when you're a fan of an organization, it's just, like, horrible to watch. Your team do exactly what you say they shouldn't be doing. And then you think what's going on in that front office, what's going on with the higher ups from the players who's really in control here. Yep. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, so Jamal's absence is creating a lack of penetration, which is also keeping Aiton in the game because there's the, the, the sun's biggest drop off. Their biggest weakness is at the five. The second Aiton steps out, you have Sarge step in and he's more of a three and D guy. And there's a little bit less D than three. So, but it's also hard to beat a team that had, and this is, these are like exact figures. 18, 17, 16, and 15 from four of the starters. And the guy facilitating had 18 points or 17 points, 15 assists, and zero turnovers. So he's dishing it out. Everybody's hitting left and right, and he's refusing to give the ball back to the other team. Right. That's it's I don't care who you are, that's a very tough team to beat. And it's honestly the first time we're seeing you know how Jamal's absence is impacting the organization. One of the right. first few times we're seeing it. Right. So yes. now uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Jake. All right. All right. So I hear I heard absences, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna take my chance here. I'm gonna take my shot. Speaking of absences, uh-huh. uh huh. First few minutes of game one of the Nets Buck series, James Harden walks off the court. And I'm like, ah, that can't be good. <laughs> you know, he has the hamstring. I see he's pulling the head. He's walking with the hamstring a little bit. I'm. I know we don't talk baseball here, but I'm a Mets fan. I know a little bit uh, about uh, hamstring injuries. Um. I see the hamstring. I'm like, okay, that can't be good. Is he going to be out for the rest of the series? I don't know. But you know what? They put me at ease. They blow the freaking doors off the Bucks. Okay? Not even a competition in the first two games. And you know what? I'm absolutely sick and tired of coming on the Sporting DSM podcast and being told that <laughs> the Nets are just some some a bad scoring game away from being out of the playoffs. When are they going to have it? Tonight, right now, they're having a bad scoring game. And last time I checked, it was a two-point game, and Durant was hitting like was like three for fifty. Um, stop disrespecting the Nets because they came up to the they came to the series. They knew you guys were talking shit about them. The sporting the AFM podcast. We get around here, okay? <laughs> they knew they were. You guys were saying they can't play defense. They're one bad scoring game away from losing to the Bucks. They were, you thought you had them out in the first round. One of you had them out in the first round, and I was absolutely, uh, I was bewildered, but. I've had enough. It's about time that you guys put some respect on the Brooklyn Nets with or without James Harden. I want to wait. I want to know what you have to say about that. Mikey Darwish. 
number one number one Mets hater in this in this. No, don't accuse me. Don't accuse me of Mets hatred. I would never in a million <laughs> no, it's not, years. It's not like it's not like every other podcast Mets. episode isn't up right now. You know, like you can't. It, Mikey's going signing it to Apple. Delete this podcast. Delete this podcast. Come on, Mikey. Come on, Mikey. What do you have to say about the Nets now? What do you have to say about the Nets now? Are they not a legit contender right now? With they, are. James Harden? they are. Oh, we'll, now they are. Now we'll they are. see. We'll oh. see. But maybe James Harden, that could impact them. Maybe their chemistry could drop with Harden on the court. You never know. Because right now, KD and Kyrie are playing like they should have last season if KD was not injured. Mm-hmm. Had KD not have been injured, I'm telling you, that Nets team would have gone far in the bubble. Would have gone really far. All right, and that that kind of that kind of leads to this question. Um, the Lakers are out. The defending champions are out. Okay. Are the Nets the next best favorite? If not, who is? Who do you guys have winning this? I don't. Who do you guys know. have going all the way here? It's look. It's it's it, for me. It's between the the Suns, it's, the Jazz, and the Nets. But I mean, when you when you look at what it is on paper with Durant, Irving, and Harden, you're like. I mean, there's, I, I don't know. Is there, is there enough on the, uh, like in the Western conference to take on those three? Like, I, I don't know. Is it possible I'm, to take them down? I don't know. I'm curious. Why didn't I hear the name, uh, Blake, Blake Griffin come out of your mouth? Cause I think he's absolutely deserved the, the, the utterance of his name out of David Salama's mouth tonight. Cause the first two games <laughs> I've, I've seen him on the floor fighting for basketballs, hitting very, not clutch threes because it was the beginning of the game, but hitting three pointers and, and playing with tenacity and well, being on the floor. Um, that's it's showing me this guy is here to play playoff basketball. Uh, well, Jake, his role, his role is just uh, to, to do that. That, that. that is his role to, to sit on that three point line and to hand the ball off to Kyrie Irving and to Kevin Durant and just catch and shoot. That's his role on that, on that Nets team. And if yeah, you know what, a lot of, I'm sorry to jump in, but a lot of guys, get paid a lot of money in this industry to, to carry out their role. And you know what? There's a lot of apologeticness, um, you know, when they have bad games and X, Y, Z, because you know what? It happens. But for me to see someone, you know, it was a few plays. It wasn't something that it's like, oh, it's insane. But for me to see him on the floor going after basketballs as a guy that came over midseason, you know, you didn't know what he was going to bring to the table. For me to see that in a playoff basketball game, uh, that's that's I love to see that because you don't see it in much in basketball anymore. Am I wrong? Yeah, I mean he's playing for his rings. I, I think the question was a the cohesiveness of the Nets, meaning can they play fundamental basketball? Because in many instances, better team basketball, better team football, better team soccer will be you know good solo representation. Mm-hmm. But if you have if you have the three, well Harden's down. So if you've got the two playing very well, shooting the lights out. And you've got people like Griffin stepping up. I, that's that's a very deadly combination to me. They're clearly the favorites until they're not. Yeah, but wow, from the Suns fan, right? Oh, but yeah. Is the depth enough though? Like, I mean, do they do they yeah. have enough? I mean, right. the fifth best guy in your court is a sniper in Joe Harris. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And, uh, and guys, guys, he. he I've, I've again, I'm seeing doing more than just hitting three pointers. I'm seeing him, you know, driving to the basket. Hitting reverse layups, up and under, grabbing offensive rebounds, you know, pulling down defensive rebounds, long rebounds. He's not—he's not just a three-point shooter. He's like—he's—he's—he's—he's he's, he's, he's like another Clay Thompson. Yeah, he does it all. <laughs> he does it all on the floor. He deserves a lot yeah. more credit for what he does than 
than just the three-point guy. So ESPN or TNT, I think, carried the game yesterday for the Suns, and yep. they had a graphic up. And they threw up like the four or five, you know, standard defensive stats. The Phoenix Suns in the playoffs so far were number one in every single category. So, and I think Utah is an amazing team too. But if the Nets face the Suns, that you'll have an amazing offensive machine up against kind of a young and hungry defensive team now that can they can put the ball in. But I, I still see the Nets coming out if, if if that's the case. There's just too much. I mean, basic. There's it's Hall of Fame power on yeah. that team. Yeah, the Nets uh, really they have a lot of power. They're strong. They're scoring a lot, uh, but they do have weaknesses. This team especially in the playoffs, their defense uh, is going to hurt them sooner or later. Uh, and also their lack of chemistry, all right, that's going to be a big problem for them. We're going to see it in this series uh, sooner or later. Again, the Bucks, the Bucks are going to come back. The Bucks are definitely going to come back. They're going to make this a tough series. They're, they're not going away easy. And, and neither is Mike Budenholzer because Mike Budenholzer wants to keep his, his head coaching spot on the Bucks. Yeah. If if they get swept, if they lose this series badly, he's not keeping his job. Uh, probably, yeah. That's you know. No, he's not. Uh, no. So the the Bucks are gonna play hard. The Bucks are gonna play smart. Uh, more importantly, against these Nets, uh, and and Steve Nash isn't gonna do anything about it because he won't he won't urge them to play defense. He won't push them hard enough to win a playoff series. The Nets. For the Nets, this is the first playoff series they've played together as a team, healthy, whole, uh, of course, without James Harden. Round one was against the Celtics. The Celtics were a playing team. That's not, that, does that really count as a playoffs? They, they were in the playing tournament. That's, that's not exactly, you know, a, a competitive matchup. Now they're playing against the Bucs. The Bucs are, are also a top four seed in the East. Now they're competing. This is a competitive series. It should be a more competitive series, really. Honestly, I think if Giannis scores the ball, the ball more and they, their offense clicks more in this game, I think they'd be able to, to get a win or two. If Giannis, we know Giannis can do it if he scores 40. If he scores 40 and pulls down maybe 12 rebounds, we know he can mm-hmm. do it. We know yeah. he can do it. He's done it before, and he's done it against the Nets before. Mm-hmm. All right, this season. Yeah, I, th- I think there's no discounting that, there's no denying that the Nets' greatest enemy left on their schedule could be themselves. So the, the challenge is, could the Bucks frustrate them to the point where they can spin off of their access and maybe lose the locker room? Kyrie's not 100% up there. We know that. Um, Durant's a little bit on the soft side and Harden's not had the best playoff track record. So if you could just kind of derail that train just a little bit, then perhaps they can get the final, you know, the finals or even the, the Eastern conference finals taken away from them so far. They're on a roll, but it's, it's up to Milwaukee to, to slow them down, to, to drag it out to six, seven games. That was very philosophical. Wow. <laughs> Coupled with the soft voice. Oof. <laughs> the, the hardest the hardest person, the hardest team left on their schedule is themselves. That was beautiful. Yeah. Um, just, just a little, just a little, uh, um, a game break, we'll call it. Uh, they're about two minutes into the fourth quarter. The Nets are shooting thirty-eight and a half percent from the field, twenty-five um, percent from three, and they are down one point. Um, once again, it's a testament to the defense that they can play um, when they really step up and kind of patch that together. 
I mean, they were down 20-plus at one point in this game. It doesn't look like they're anything to be reckoned with. Let's just say that. That's true. That's true. They are a tough team to beat. They're going to score a lot. Uh, right now, Kyrie Irving has 22 points, and Durant's got 19. And it's, it's you know, just the start of the fourth. Yeah. And you know what? And, I think and again, go ahead, Jake. It's, it's something that I said last week about the Celtics. I mean, you see it. They're making changes organizationally, and, you know, Jason Tatum's on the fence. Um, Jalen Brown left with an injury this season. Uh, how much longer is the Bucks window going to be open, guys? I mean, it just yeah. seems like every year they have this expectation that they're going to be number one seed in the East and they're going to run through it. And it just never happens. They always, you know, wet the bed in the playoffs. Right. Giannis is just missing that second guy, right? He just yeah, you need him. Yeah, but he has he has the guys. He has Chris Middleton. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, okay. Middleton. That's, uh, Jay, that's where I'm going to stop uh, you. Yeah, Jay. Middleton is not that second guy. Drew Holiday is not that second guy. MPJ Tucker is not. That so why don't they guy. just? Why haven't they blown it up? Why haven't they blown it up years ago? If he wasn't that second guy, why haven't they blown it up years ago? They obviously organizationally they believe that that's the kind of core that they need to make a right. run. They why yeah. haven't they blown it up yet? Yeah, because they fail to see that Middleton is is not a, a viable option if, as the number two on no, a championship not. contending yeah. team. They, no, at, at his best, at his best, Middleton is an animal that uh, is, a, is a is a fish that lives ten thousand feet under the sea. I mean that face. <laughs> <laughs> but, I respect it. But, I mean, but to be honest, I mean he's he's an okay player. You know he's he's kind of like a Jimmy Butler type. Butler to me is not elite level talent. He, he had a great finals last year. I'll take that but he's not class A and, and Middleton's not in that range. And Giannis needs class A to battle with three guys. One of them having the best uh, layup package of all time, possibly the best handles of all time, save for Pete Maravich. You've got Kevin Durant at 6'11 that can shoot over anybody. He's potentially one of the greatest weapons and offense of all time. And then the same thing with Harden, one of the greatest yeah. offensive weapons of all time. To, to beat that, I don't care who you are. It's that the Milwaukee Bucks are steady and consistent. And that's the problem is that the other teams got better around them. Yeah. Also, you need to remember, like, with the Heat last season, I'm happy you brought that up. The Heat last season was more cohesive, in my opinion, last season than what the Nets are now. First of all, Jimmy and Ben last season were animals on that floor. Combine that with Tyler Hero, I believe, in his rookie season, if I'm not mistaken. You have Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, and then a solid bench, and they could have – they went all the way to the finals as a fifth seed team. They were fifth seed in the East, and they did all that to get there. But then now you have Kevin Durant, James Harden, Blake Griffin, Kyrie Irving, and then Joe Harris, and who else? Uh, yeah. Dinwiddie's injured. Mm-hmm. Well, And he's rumored to be going soon. Yeah. So what's yeah, it going to I- be? I'm sorry to cut you off, but like, uh, well, for one, you know, we have, look, is the big man position going to be a problem for the Nets mm-hmm. if they, you know, get to the finals and have to go up against a Utah Jazz or a Phoenix Suns? Because like, yeah, you have the scoring. You have three of the best scores, you know, and I don't know, in, in the entire league. But I mean, is is a Rudy Gobert going to be a problem? Is a DeAndre Ayton going to be a problem? Like, I, I have to ask that question. What do you guys think? I was going to say I don't think no. So. No, they play too far no. from the rim. They all have jump shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I mean, I, I think if they face one of those guys, Gobert uh, or, you know, uh, Aiton or even Jokic, I, I think they, they're definitely going to have a problem inside. I think they're going to get bullied. There's nobody to, to guard any of those three, three guys. Uh, if they face the Jazz, it's, it'll be especially tough because Rudy Gobert, I mean, defensive player of the year, uh, he won it. Does he deserve it? Maybe not. Maybe he should have went to Ben Simmons, in my opinion, but uh, he still won the award. Uh, so I, I think Gobert is going to be uh, just a nightmare matchup for them because it's it's going to be tough to score at the rim. And uh, yeah, they'll they'll be shooting lights out from three. Don't, don't get me wrong; they will be shooting lights out for, from three. They'll be they'll have to live and die by the three point line. Uh, and I think the Jazz will be able to exploit that. Uh, yeah, even with their perimeter defense, they have a great all around defense. Exactly, they've been a great defensive team all season. So you have that. So if they can clamp down, then you have bigger issues. It's Gobert plus the Jazz as opposed to just him being the presence himself. Right. right. And, and and I think that's when you're really going to see, um, you know, that the Nets don't really have depth. Like if, you know, if they do make it to the finals or the um, or even the Eastern fi- or the Eastern Conference finals. Right. Um, like that's where you're really going to see where, oh, shit, like the Nets really don't have that second unit, mm-hmm. you know, to put up with a guy like, for example, like if they make it to the finals, they're going to have to deal with guys like, let's say, Clarkson or uh, six or, man of or, the year. Yeah, or six man of the year, mm-hmm. guys like that coming off the bench, like a guy like Landry Shamit or, or Tyler Johnson or, or, uh, or Nicholas Claxton isn't going to be enough. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Jake, what so do you I love, think? I love I love all these awards are coming up. This award talk is coming up. Uh, we've yeah. spoke about Nikola Jokic winning the MVP. Um, Solomon, uh, you know, he he mentioned Rudy Gobert, the Defensive Player of the Year. He has his reservations about it, but Rudy Gobert, Defensive Player of the Year. Um, Jordan Clarkson, Sixth Man of the Year, came up in conversation, and I'm going to tie the bow on it. Mm-hmm. I that bow. Tom Thibodeau, Coach of the Year. Tom Thibodeau, the NBA Coach of the Year. And, and absolutely, you know, people are going to say Monty Williams deserved it. But you know what? Monty Williams was not playing with the deck that the New York Knicks and Tom Thibodeau was playing with. I'm sorry. Um, I, I think when, you, when it comes down to coaching basketball, and I've had a few years experience in youth basketball. Okay, it's not NBA basketball. But I, you kind of recognize some parallels to where, you know, coaching youth basketball and taking this young Knicks team um, that was very raw and had a lot of flaws with them and kind of just couldn't get the right coach to mesh it all together. When you see Thibs come in and make this team a four seed and, and have them buzzing, it's really, guys, it wasn't, it wasn't a mistake. He coached this team, okay? And I know it's very general to say. He coached this team. There's not many coaches in the NBA that legitimately coach basketball that have to, that have to do that day in and day out. They have to, you know... Manage a practice, check egos at the door, you know, manage the game, sub guys in and out on time and kind of just they're more of like a manager than a coach. Mm-hmm. OK, Tom Thibodeau was hands down. And I've said this for months, the best coach in the NBA this season. And it was well deserved on the award to to be recognized as it because, you know, a thousand yes, percent, absolutely. a thousand percent. Yes. And it would have been it would have been a travesty to have. I, I forget who even votes for this. I mean, who, who votes technically for the coach of the year? Is it fellow coaches? Mm, I'm not Whatever sure. It is. Uh, Whatever, because there's so many different like coaches polls and all that that came out ahead of it. But but at the end of the day, it's the Knicks are such a phenomenal basketball story this year. That, yes. that poo-poo on us if we had missed the chance to say, here's a guy that at the time where if the Nets are going to be NBA favorites, 
they build around a super, super, super team, most talented we've, we've seen yet. This guy has nobody on his team and is able to build a, a one-year dynasty with these guys. It's really just incredible. He is the story. The Knicks were the story. I mean, you know, the Suns are like America's new team. Um, mm-hmm. but, but shout out to the Knicks for what they did. It was just unbelievable. They planted seeds. They, they sprouted. It's, he, he is the winner. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and two things really quickly. Um, you know, I saw a lot of hate all, all over Instagram saying, you know, Monty Williams, Monty Williams should have been the guy. Um, well guys, uh, like, like you said, David, uh, Monty Williams had Devin Booker, Deandre Ayton and the man even himself, Jay, even Jay Crowder, Jay, Jay Crowder. Crowder. He had an and, ace up his sleeve and Chris Paul. And then you had Quinn Snyder. I mean, don't even, I'm not even going to go there. Okay. What did, Tom Thibodeau have guys. Alfred Payton as the starting point guard. Alfred Payton Alfred and Frank Nilakitna. Alfred Payton <laughs> and Frank Nilakitna, the two greatest point guards to ever play the sport in the history of the NBA. And <laughs> and and one more thing. One more thing. Uh, shout out to official NBA Buzz because uh, this post was a good one. He posted a clip of C.J. Watson um, oh, talking about Tom Thibodeau. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you guys know, Tom that. Thibodeau coached him on the Chicago Bulls, and he said. Tom Thibodeau eats, sleeps, and shits basketball. And that's <laughs> a coach that a New York franchise has been missing for the longest. Okay. They, they, 34th Street, you know, has not had a coach like that since like the 90s. And that's what they needed. That's exactly what they needed. They needed a guy to step in and change the culture and change the way the Knicks play basketball. And I think he deserves it. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he had I mean, major organizational implications. If you if you were to watch the games on mute, Monty is like we we talked about. He's more like he's a good college recruiter. He mm-hmm. would be in college football. He's a good personality guy. He's a devout guy. But if you watch that on mute, you can still hear Tom Thibodeau screaming with the volume <laughs> off, and that to me is proper coaching. Right. You see him pull the mask down and start yelling I, at his players. <laughs> I do feel I do feel like the only reason we lost the playoffs is because we didn't have the magic mask. To help us, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I, yeah, it's it's hilarious. You know how many times the cameramen zoom in on Tom Thibodeau. You know, not not the game. They just zoom in on Tibbs, just screaming, <laughs> zooming <laughs> on his face. <laughs> Nobody cares what's going on on the court. Just look at the coach of the year right here. Just look and, at Tibbs, and, and that verifies Watson's uh, quote, CJ Watson, right? That he eats and sleeps basketball. We've seen his shitting a basketball face. Yeah. We've, seen right on the <laughs> we've, seen, we've seen that Timberwolves team. We all know about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, but honestly, I we've been singing Thibodeau's praises every episode this season. Do yeah. I feel bad about it? Not for one second. But do I think Good. that the Don't coach apologize, of, Mikey. Good. Do I think the coach of the <laughs> do I think the coach of the year finalists deserve their spot? Absolutely. I do think Monty Williams and Quinn Snyder are amazing coaches, and I will not discount the work they've done this season at all. They've taken two teams who are not supposed to be where they're at to be where they're at. But then, you know, you have Thibodeau, a guy who basically came into an organization with nothing, changed it into something, turned Julius Randle from a guy who we can laugh at, call him a Beyblade, a dreidel, and then turn him into an all-star player. And I, it's all the work of the coaching staff of the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think, 
I was just gonna say, Jake. You know, I, I think you're lying to us. I don't think your guy is Tom Thibodeau. I think you you wanted Steve Nash to be the coach of the year. <laughs> with the way, oh, yeah, with the way you rave about this Nets team, Jake. <laughs> no, 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 no. If you think uh, Steve, Steve Nash, Nash has anything to do with this Nets team, mm-hmm. please. No one, no, no coach in the NBA did their job better than Tom Thibodeau this yeah. year. It's old D'Antoni on the Nets, though. Right. That's where that's where I stand. And you D'Antoni know? is rumored to be going. After yeah. the season. Right. He's eyeing the uh, Trailblazers spot. Uh, he wants to be the coach of the, the new coach of the Blazers after they fired Terry Stotts. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And uh, and the Pacers as well fired their uh, head coach. New Yorkin. The, uh, and yeah. then Steve Clifford is also no longer a coach. So That's three right. teams right now on an active coaching search. Mm-hmm. And I think David Salama is a shoe-in for all three of those jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. He seconded it. No, he turned down the magic jump. Yes, I did. I think I think he. Should, I, no, no, he, he just left them on red. It's it's their their man. Their email is just sitting on in his inbox. I said that I, no one else deserves the the Boston coaching job more than David Salama. <laughs> I'm gonna quote LeBron James. If I get an offer from Orlando, I'm out. I'm retiring. <laughs> so are we are we ranking are we ranking those four jobs in the following way? Celtics first, as far as being the most attractive. Second really? goes to Portland. Absolutely. Third goes to Indiana, and fourth goes to the Magic. I think how that falls. No, I, w- I, I think... would flip flop the I would flip flop the Blazers into one just because I really think that the Celtics window is done. Mm-hmm. Um, really, and I think I think I think if if just I don't know how, but if you bring on the right coach that just makes something click with the Blazers, I mean it's very it's very subjective and it's very general. But if they just bring on the coach that makes it click. They have they have something to cook with fire there. That's, we that's you're the in the West. Right. I, I think if, if God forbid Ganja gets any help in Dallas, they're a contender. And you've got yeah. you know and Denver's and that's, a and great that's, team. That's one thing that Solomon told me today is like mm-hmm. uh, Luka Doncic is the goat of the 2020s decade. That's right. And you know what? I think this guy continues to just shut the haters up every day. I mean, there's people that have been doubting him from day one. Um, yeah, that's great. The talent is is incredible, and he only he's only going up from here. So I think when it's all said and done, maybe he could be. Yeah, yeah. I would Luka like Doncic. to give I would like to give a Mikey Darwish hot take on the uh, coaching uh, tier list we were doing. Ah, here we go. I would all put right. the Portland Trailblazers as the most attractive job. I'll give my reasoning. I'll give my okay. reasoning. One hundred percent. I would like to put the Trailblazers as like the top job, obviously because you get to coach Dame McCollum. You have a good team all around, and this is a team that can go far in the West. They, I mean, they sadly haven't proven so as they got out in the first round, but I think it's a good job to have, especially with the pieces you have on the floor. Second, I would put the Pacers. Now, you have Sabonis. You have Brogdon. You, Brogdon, you have Turner. coachable young guys that you can work with and make a good Turner. team out of it. And then I'd put the Celtics and then obviously Orlando at fourth. Uh-huh. But are you right. luring anybody into free agency? My you see, the Knicks fine. had trouble with that. Yeah. The Look, you want to draft had... well, you want to develop players, but you have to be an attractive free agency destination. We just see it unless you're very clever with your trading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so the, the, the way I see it for the Celtics, it all depends on Jason Tatum. Last week, Jake Towell brought up the possibility of Tatum leaving the Celtics. So, uh, yeah, if gone. Tatum stays, I, I think I think they're they're the top. What does he have to stay for? They're, they're up top. Uh, Jake, he doesn't he, need anybody. He doesn't need he's, anybody. He's gonna he's he's gonna get a max contract uh, from somewhere. 
that's a little bit more attractive right now that doesn't have, you know, weird things going on within their organization. Um, do, do the Celtics have his bird rights? They, I think they do. Uh, I think they have his bird rights. I think that, that could be uh, an issue. Then. Right. That, that's going to that's gonna be a difference maker there. Uh, so I, I think any team will give, it a, give him a max contract, but the Celtics are just going to give him as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, so I see, I see Tatum and three number one draft picks going to Dallas for Porzingis. Ooh. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Really? That's not a real I think we might either. have to, I think we have to oh. erase the, uh, we erase the rest of the rundown for that one. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> just going to edit Wait, that, that one out. That brings a question. That brings a question. Do what is you it? see Luca and Jason Tatum actually playing well as a cohesive unit? Of course. Oh yeah, Absolutely. baby. That oh, would be yeah. incredible. Are you oh, kidding me? That would be one yeah, of the greatest games seen all time. <laughs> I can that's... only imagine Mark Cuban's face when he hears the call that Jason Tatum is coming to Dallas. That that will only prove the statement that the league is in good hands. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So I mean the Mavericks will be in good hands for sure. The rest of the league, I don't that, know. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> oh, dude, Dallas is definitely not gonna have any trouble, you know, regarding a bottom. Bottom playoff. Yeah, they have and Dorian Finney-Smith. What do they have to worry about? Exactly. They have Dorian <laughs> Finney-Smith, the best player in the world. Uh, Shanghai Sharks' right. next best player. <laughs> so let's, I'd say, I'd say there's something that the people really want to know. Um, and I'd say let's wrap it up with this because there's something that the people really want to know, and I want to make sure we get into it. Mm-hmm. And and I've been hearing a little bit about it from David Salama this week. Um, Atlanta Hawks. Philadelphia 76ers. Uh-huh. There is knotted up at one apiece. Yep. Atlanta really had an, an, uh, a carryover showing of what they were doing to the Knicks. Absolutely whooping ass. Um, that kind of spilled over into game one of that series. Game two, um, they kind of got pushed back by the 76ers a bit. They had a little bit more of a stronger performance. <clears throat> uh, roughed out a win. Um, the 76ers did. Who you got? That's tough. That is definitely tough. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Sixers though, just because they're the higher seeded team, they're uh, the better defensive team, uh, mm-hmm. and I think they're a, a better, uh, uh, you know, coherent team. And Embiid is huge for them, the MVP candidate on that team. He, he's gonna give them a, a big scoring night, night in and night out. Uh, you know, and, and he's obviously going to be hard to, to stop. He's going to be hard to contain for the Hawks, uh, even with Capella and Collins inside. Uh, now the Hawks, the Hawks are going to are going to kill Philly on the three point line, and that's where Ben Simmons, as as a defensive player of the year candidate, comes in. He's he, he's going to be guarding the perimeter, and that defensive presence all over the floor, outside, inside, wherever. That is what's going to have a big impact on this series. And that's why I think Simmons should have won Defensive Player of the Year over Rudy Gobert. I agree. I honestly Solomon, agree. I like when I like when you're passionate about something. Mm-hmm. When you're passionate <laughs> about something, no one can tell you no. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I agree with you. I, I just think the Atlanta Hawks, they have a little bit of spunk. They have something about them right now with Trey Young and... Just, just him alone, the, the spunk and the 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 swagger, they have a lot of confidence. They're not scared of anyone, right now, uh, and 
I really, I just wouldn't be surprised if they come out of this, out of this series on top. I wouldn't be because they really yeah. have something going there. And it's hard to put your finger on it. Again, I know it's very general. I'm sorry. I'm being very general tonight. But there's something about this Atlanta Hawks team that's spunky. It's confident. And they're absolutely not afraid of anybody right now. Jake, I think you're onto something. I almost got like Reggie Miller vibes from, from Trey Young it's, in the it's, garden. It's so and, and it's refreshing to see. You exactly. Know? And it's the same team, basically, because look, you had Rick Smith's as in the Pacers as the big guy, but you had the Davis brothers. You had you had strong undersized power. You have that with Capella, and you had that with Hunter before he got hurt. And you had shooters on the outside, like the old Pacers did. It's kind of a rough team that can that can three and they can D. I like them. I just think Philly is too talented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I stand on this series. I mean, you have two very – I feel like this is more evenly matched than we think. But we're, of course, going to have to see you know how the rest of the series pans out. However, despite despite my absolute hatred for the Atlanta Hawks at this very moment, as they knocked my team out of the playoffs, there's, of course, a bit of bias for me, you know, towards the Sixers. I think this series is going to be tooth and nail. 100% it's going to be tooth and nail. We're going to be seeing a lot of people, you know, playing well. You're going to have Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid giving – like, Embiid dropped 40 last game when he was like, oh, I have an injury uh, or something's, like, uh, hurting me. And he, he went a, off. He has a meniscus there. It's Owie, meniscus. My meniscus. It's 40 meniscus. points. And he scored Mikey, 40 where's points. The, Mikey, where's the meniscus? It's <laughs> in the leg area. Little A.M.P. lesson right now. In the leg area. Okay, <laughs> I, I would like to uh, think that um, I'm not w- very well versed in sports medicine, like our Phoenix Suns correspondent. Um, <laughs> looking at the kneecap. That's, right. That's right. Yeah, you're looking at the kneecap. Um, I, I think that the Hawks Philly game, Philly series, will give us that seven game stunner the way we expected it, perhaps from the Brooklyn Milwaukee series, right? Yeah. A slug them out, kind of punch them out fest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the Hawks are a scary team, guys. The yeah. Hawks are yeah. not. They can shoot. And they're going back to the A. They're going to be back in the A. So it's right. going to be yeah. <laughs> taking it back to the A. Yeah, <laughs> oh, back yeah. to the A. Famous words that have ended an entire franchise. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> like, so like Drake once said, "Like a sprained ankle, boy, I ain't nothing to play with." I don't think right. the Hawks are anything However, to play with right now. Don't take, <laughs> don't take them for granted. Don't take them for granted, because I'm telling you, they could sneak up on you. They could. Yeah. Yeah, they could score definitely. And boys, I'm I'm disappointed tonight. I didn't learn anything. On my, on my oh visit no! Here oh no! Time, I, guess, first, I guess I guess I gotta teach you something here. The about first the here. first time <laughs> I was on, I was hearing everybody's middle name in the NBA. I was wondering yeah. who was everybody's was middle, middle name, name was. Uh, Skr- oh, Nikola Jokic. Right. What was it? You, you <laughs> search up his passport. Search up his passport. Oh uh, my god! Second time, Skr- the second Skr-ski. time I was on, the second time I was on, I was introduced to a new term: the gentleman sweep. Uh, you know, copyright rights reserve Solomon Mandalawi. Uh, the gentleman sweep is when you you win, but you win in five games. So it's not really a sweep. It's a gentleman's sweep. It's like a baker's dozen. Um, <laughs> tonight, there was nothing. Tonight, I'll, I'll, I'll give you something right now. I'll give you something right now. Go ahead. Hit him with the one. Right down the middle. Uh, the MVP's middle name, Nikola Jokic. Nikola no, I already, Spurs, learned, Jokic. I already learned middle names. One What's more, name? one more. S-R-P-S-K-O. I can't even pronounce it at this point. Serbia. It's spelled S-R-P-S-K-O. All right. Serbko. Serbko. 
So, okay, the way, there not, you go. You got it. Not, <laughs> not, not as bougie as Booker's middle name being Armani. Oh. Armani. 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 Oh, wow. Oh, that's, oh, that's, that's also nice. a little that's middle Armani name. That's nice. an expensive middle name. <laughs> but, but, but speaking of names, here's a good one I can't take credit for because I actually heard it on Sports Talk Radio. Uh-huh. A caller called up just to make fun of Tyler Johnson. Really? So there's obviously there's obviously <laughs> Steph Curry. There's Ordell. Seth Curry. Uh-huh. And if you've seen a picture of Tyler Johnson's face, he was nicknamed Meth Curry. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's a good one. Meth Curry. Oh, that's mint. That's mint. Mint. And 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 Jake, that's who you have coming off the bench for the Brooklyn Nets. That's right. Meth, Meth Curry. Curry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm never going to stop calling Meth Curry game. now. Uh, There's 45 seconds left me. in this game. The, the Bucks have the ball down one. Yes. Um, I'm going to set a challenge. If this episode gets 30 listens within the first week, yeah, I will order a Brooklyn Nets jersey with Tyler Johnson's number on the back saying Meth Curry. Yeah. <laughs> and I will wear it on the next episode of Sporting DSM. <laughs> All right. Everybody has to share this. Everybody has to Mikey, share you got to put a little piece of like aluminum foil over one of your teeth to, <laughs> to resemble the gold teeth. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it. <laughs> yeah, I oh, got. All right. Uh, We're building the jersey collection. My so Shenko S1 think... is still on. Wait, the wait, line. wait, wait. Let's have what? live reaction. Live reaction. Live reaction. I mean, okay. you're, you're gonna right. you're gonna hear this tomorrow, but live reaction. Yeah. Twelve. We got Drew third. Holiday. Just uh-huh. Drew Holiday. Just hit the go ahead bucket with 11 and a half seconds left. Ooh. Oh. Um, we got the lead. They're going. They're going to timeout. So let's call timeout. 11 seconds left. Wow. 83 to 84 at the end of the fourth. Um, wow. Okay, so uh, do I get the last laugh with Jake Towel at the end of the Sporting DSM episode? Uh, You're listening okay, okay. to our reaction live to the uh, Nets Bucks game three. Eleven seconds left in the game. And while while we're here, let's tie up one loose end that we have. Um, mm-hmm. Pandemic P uh-huh. showed his face Ooh, the other that's night. That's right. He reclaimed um, his and, title and from Kristaps Porzingis. Donovan Mitchell was scorching forty-five Ooh, points. Forty-five in the game yeah. one win. Uh, Solomon, what do you what do you think about that? Uh, I think Donovan Mitchell is a force to be rec- to be reckoned with himself. We saw what happened last year against the Nuggets, uh, and at the end, of course, it wasn't enough because uh, you know Jamal Murray also oh, that was, another that force was, to be that reckoned was, uh, with. That was a series to remember. I mean, mm-hmm. bubble, but yeah, that was a bubble. series to remember. It was a historic series. It went to Game Seven. The Nuggets were down three one. Uh, he's back, ladies and gentlemen. Donovan Mitchell is back again. We use the same turd for, for Murray, but he's in God mode again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, and, I know it's like a meme, but I keep saying bubble because, you know. Right. There's TJ, Warren, TJ Warren was like the best player in the right. bubble. Yeah. Last year, he was putting up like 50 points per game in the bubble. So, yeah. <laughs> bubble. bubble. And, and also the teams who were in the finals in the bubble have now been eliminated in the first round. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, I don't know what happened to the Heat. Yeah. This year. And every just, and every team they weren't saw the same team, team. Right? right? Every team featured in Space Jam Two has been eliminated. You had the Blazers, <laughs> oh, wow. representatives from the Lakers. No, the Let's Clippers are still in. We, I believe we, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is will in we Space get, Jam. Will isn't we he? get copyright strike if we if we listen? Oh my God! They almost threw the ball away. Oh, oh. my goodness! What's going on? Eight, seven. Brown driving yeah, to the lane. Oh, oh. Oh. Layup. Miss. Yeah, they got no. a foul. Why does oh Bruce Brown? God. Why does he have the ball? Yeah, with, with the last shot. There you go. That's your answer right there. It's not over yet. Bruce Brown with the last shot. 
There's 2.8 left. Oh, they're not in the bonus, so I think they might have to foul one more time. They'll have they'll have they'll have a shot. Can I just point out that look how low the score is? 83 to 84 right now, right? It's a good basketball game, boys. That's it a good is. basketball. It game. is a good basketball game. Tooth and nail, tooth and nail, tooth and nail. Just look at this personal foul. I, I I just gotta tip tip my hat to the Bucks for playing such great defense against a, a team with with so so much scoring. You know, it's it's the the Bucks have a huge amount of scoring. Kevin Durant, James Harden won the scoring title. It's it's a lot to handle, and they held them to eighty three points. I hope I hope this isn't one that the Nets look back on as the one that got away in terms of just unable to get that one bucket. I mean, they shot so poorly this whole game and the shot selection was just, you know, resembles why it was so poor. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to hope that this, I mean, I hope, I don't know what you guys think, that this doesn't <laughs> turn back to be the one that got away that could have put them up 3-0 and kind of gentlemen uh, sealed Middleton's, sealed had, Middleton's had a really good game. He's in the mid-30s now. Mm-hmm. All right, he's got one. It's a two-point game. Um, yeah, he has one free throw left. left. They have two seconds. They'll take the timeout, advance the ball, and you got to think that the the ball's going to end up in. You can't you can't keep it out of both Kyrie and KD's hands, and then you also have Joe Harris that can sneak off a back screen and maybe give you a corner three. Let's see. I think Let's Steve see. Nash says give it to Bruce Brown again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was right, just foul. That was a broken play, though. It was a broken play. I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys see it, but it was a very broken uh, play. Yeah, I was watching. They were, okay. they were half an inch away of turning from turning. Uh uh-huh. Okay, so so I guess they got a, a better set play now. And of course, we're going to another commercial. Um, right. Yeah. Well, the good news gotta, in this game is that the Nuggets are not going to lose this game. The Nuggets will not lose <laughs> <Come on>. this game. <laughs> well, they didn't win last game, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, That's foul, David. That's on call for. <laughs> it was me that said it, not David. <laughs> I love these outdoor watch parties that they got set up in the different cities. Toronto had a crazy one. The finals that was insane. Man, Wait, um, who's who's watching on cable right now? Someone's watching on cable that they're ahead. I'm on yeah, ESPN yeah. Plus. I'm not gonna ruin it. I won't ruin it. I'm on, I'm on the ESPN app. Oh, I'm on a little bit. I'm, I'm on the NBA app, so. I'm, I'm on bylasport.com. Exactly <laughs> David, <laughs> the advertisers, man. What are you doing? <laughs> Our sponsorships are going to shit, Dave. Come on. <laughs> Sporting DSM does not condone the use of illegal streams. <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay, game is back. Blake Griffin inbounding. It looks like. Shamit and whatever the hell that is. It's Meth Curry. Brown trying to, Meth Brown trying to come off the screen for Durant. He has a very long uh-huh. shot to take. Can't even get it off. Yeah. And he almost hit it. But almost. That's it. 2-1. That's game. 2-1. That's it. There you go. I think I see you getting red over there. You, you, there you, you know, have it. It's, you, you're swallowing. You're right there, uh, you're right there Jake. Stay with us. Stay with us. They still absolutely <laughs> demolished them the first two games. Um, and if if they didn't shoot thirty five percent from the field, um, it's you know could have, should have, would have. But right. I don't think that's something that will carry over mm-hmm. throughout the rest of this series. So we'll see. We'll see. And and I will come back when the Nets move on Milwaukee. to the 
Eastern Conference Finals. I will I will be back for that. Next game just in to, Milwaukee. Just lay it in. Game mm-hmm. five in Brooklyn. That's right. Yeah. Thank you, uh, everyone, for joining us today. Thank you to uh, Jake Cowell for uh, being back for another episode. Thanks to David Jalovitz, our Phoenix Suns correspondent. Thank uh, you. And uh, thank you to all the listeners. This has been Sporting DSM. Thank <laughs> you.